everyone. Uh, welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett at Relentless Board. Welcome to our first official bonus episode. Um, this is actually the second one we've recorded, but I fucked up the first one's audio. So this is the first one anybody's going to hear. So welcome. Uh, we want to do a few different things with these bonus episodes, content and format wise. Um, some will be shorter, some will be longer, some will be full episodes, some will be interviews, some will be sketches. Um, we'll have different people on, some will just be me, just Rob, just two of us, whatever the case might be. We're going to do a variety of things. This one's going to be slightly more serious. Um, we're going to talk about veterans on the left. Um, recently, I made a post criticizing the way the left loves to uh, dismiss huge portions of the populace uh, because their beliefs aren't perfect enough for them and unwilling to organize with them. I expected I'd get some vitriol for it. Sure, great, whatever. What did surprise me was the amount of vitriol that was directed explicitly at the portion of me criticizing the left for treating veterans uh, like persona non grata. It was a little galling to see uh, how much vitriol was directed at just the concept of veterans on the left. So this episode is going to be me making the case for veterans on the left. And not just why they should be accepted, but why the left should be actively pursuing veterans, uh, attempting to move them to the left, and where possible, radicalizing them as well. So we'll talk a little bit about the reasons for actively recruiting veterans, or at least accepting them. Um, and that's broken up into pragmatic reasons, and then some more qualitative ones, attempting to give everyone the context for why veterans are in fact just trolls who have been crushed by their material conditions like the rest of us. All right, so arguments for why veterans belong on the left and should be recruited. So let's do some of the pragmatic ones first. First, there's the big picture, uh, more obvious one to me, which is if you're a socialist and you believe in organizing, organizing only works with numbers. That's sort of the point, right? You're trading institutional power, which is what all the fascists have, uh, and all the centrists as well, and you're trading it for people. And you need a shitload of them in order to actually have a powerful enough block. It doesn't really work if you are going to dismiss entire segments and subsets of the population out of hand. And people say, well, you know, you can get by without it. All right, sure. One argument. Uh, another reason, another pragmatic reason here, is if you have any illusions of ever fomenting a successful revolution, even if it's peaceful, at some point, you are going to want to have people actually trained in combat arms, which is to say, veterans have a useful skill set when you're fomenting any sort of large-scale political change. Semi-related to that point, every veteran you recruit to the left is one less veteran that the fucking fascists are recruiting. It's one less veteran that the government or the state is using to crush your movement, right? So not only are you gaining support, but you're actively robbing the powers that be of their ability to destroy you. And as we've seen repeatedly, that is what the state apparatus likes to do. They like to fucking murder all the leftists. So getting to those people before they can is incredibly valuable. In addition to that, let's say hypothetically you manage to install a socialist government, maybe even manage to do it peacefully. What do you do with the military? Because assuming this is still a state of some kind, you probably are going to have some concerns about 
the other neo-lib nations, uh, not to mention the fascist ones, trying to fuck with you. After all, the Red Army served an incredibly valuable purpose back in the day. You might still want some military members. And even outside of that, you're going to want a lot of the relatively apolitical military members listening to you and not off doing their own thing. Similar to the way when America invaded Iraq and we just disbanded their entire army. Yeah, that's not a great solution. What is a better solution is keeping some portion of the military standing, but putting it under socialist control. The easiest way to do that is to actually install socialist military members in the highest levels of power so that you don't have to worry about a fucking coup. Those are most of the pragmatic reasons. I hate thinking of them as a fucking tool, but yes, obviously veterans are useful in the same way that you want to take a street medic with you on the off chance that there's violence. You want to take somebody who actually knows how to fight on the off chance that there's violence. They're valuable. And you don't want to leave them lying around to be recruited to be the fucking modern fry corps. Anyway, those are sort of the pragmatic reasons. So let's get into the, like, who the fuck are veterans? Who are these people? Who's in the military? And why you should be treating them as comrades, as proles, as people who have also been crushed by material conditions. The vast majority of the military is made up of enlisted. The vast majority of enlisted are young. They're usually on their first contract, which is to say they are not super into the military. They haven't been doing it a long time. They're not super indoctrinated, right? They just joined. They don't know much. They're fucking kids. And usually, and virtually all of them, are poor. Lived experience here. Almost every person that I served with that was enlisted came from lower middle class or flat out impoverished backgrounds. The vast majority of them are under 21 when they join. Um, there's a few that have like a year or two of college. Um, and when I joined, which was after the 08 crash, there were a handful of us that had undergrad degrees that got utterly fucked by the economy collapsing. So we joined. Um, the reasons people join, like for instance, there's that group that I just mentioned, people like me. We joined because there is no jobs program in this country. If you get desperate and you want a job, the only place you can really go that's guaranteed to pay you is the military. Same for sort of criminal justice issues. If you can't get a job and you have uh, a felony conviction if you have, and you have a felony or misdemeanor conviction, there are some military options available to you. Most of them are the army. But again, if you can't get a job, the military is your only real option right now, which is why I joined. That's why a lot of other people I know joined. So there's those of us uh, like myself who had a degree who joined because you need a job and there's no other options, right? So most people are joining for the job aspect of it, but some people are joining for specific parts of that, uh, which is to say, so there's another few sort of subgroups in there. Uh, one of them, for instance, is people who join because no one in their family, they're so impoverished that they need to be making money. And the military uh, would pay better than anything they can get, and they can send money home. For instance, there was one kid I knew. He joined at uh, 17, uh, which requires a parent parental waiver. The reason he joined was, again, the economy collapsed. But even before that, his family wasn't doing particularly well. Um, his dad was disabled, so his mom was the sole breadwinner. He had been working through high school to help his mom. Um, he had two younger siblings. When the economy collapsed, they lost the small house they had in the middle of Texas. They weren't in a particularly wealthy area to begin with or anywhere near a city. And so they were facing essentially homelessness. Um, they were pinging back and forth between staying at a friend's 
um, and trying to find like single bedroom residences that they could all cram into. So he joined the military and he would routinely turn down going out with us because he needed to save money to send it home. So he probably lived, he lived on base, which meant his housing was covered. He sent home, uh, I actually asked once, he sent home 75% of his pay, which means he was probably living on something like 10 grand a year, maybe even less than that, just to make sure that his family had enough to eat. But he's a really good kid and he was just trying to help his family out. And that was, that story was pretty common. There was another kid I knew. Uh, this kid was 18. He joined as soon as he graduated high school. Um, his dad had been in the Navy for four years, and his dad was physically and emotionally abusive. Um, and this kid was from middle of nowhere, Arkansas. His dad was physically and emotionally abusive, as we discovered over time. He was in one of my classes, so I got to know him pretty well. And he really had no interest in joining the military because he always thought of it as like my shithole dad's thing. But he was really close with his mom, and his mom had a terminal illness. And they didn't have money to um, get her hospice care or pay for her funeral. So he joined the military, um, foregoing the last little bit of time he could spend with his mother, his dying mother, so that he could send money home for her funeral and to make sure that she could get hospice care. So yeah, it's another group of people. Uh, people who have to join the military for their family to actually get medical care that they deserve. And the other reason was to escape the abuse that his father uh, would heap on him, both emotionally and physically. We'll talk about two more that I knew. I have dozens of these stories because this was most of the kids that I knew. But there was another kid I knew who joined. He was one of four siblings. Uh, his mom and dad both worked, but they, but they both did the like multiple part-time job thing where they were never really making enough money to even keep afloat, much less take care of them. He was the oldest, so he also worked through high school. He was like four years older than his youngest siblings, um, and he adored his siblings. Like, he helped raise them, essentially. So he joined so that he could send money home so that his siblings could go to college. So towards the end of his first enlistment, his sister had gotten into um, the University of Texas, and he was helping to pay for her living expenses. Like, she'd gotten a scholarship and some other stuff. But he was funding her living expenses to make sure that she actually had like a place to live and food to eat. So the question is, would these people have joined if we had universal health care, if we had a real jobs program, if we had free college? No, probably not. If we had any sort of dignity in this fucking system, would these people have been in the military at all? Would they have even considered it an option? No. Fuck no. Um, and I didn't say this, but almost all of them were from very small towns where they're was just no way to succeed. Like you were going to drown if you stayed there. And they would talk about all the people that they knew at like 1920. So we'd been working together for a year or two or three years. And they would talk about the kids they knew who had already OD'd on opiates or meth, um, who had been arrested multiple times because there was just no fucking escape. Uh, so the last one I'll talk about is I knew a lot of people from Samoa. Samoa is a tiny fucking island. It's technically uh, under American sovereignty, but they don't get citizenship automatically, right? So imagine Puerto Rico, but they don't even get to be called citizens. So if you want citizenship and a job, you join the military. And that's literally everyone on the island. That is the game plan. I knew entire families from Samoa who were in the military. The dad, the mom, the brother, the sister, right? Not everybody would necessarily stay for 20 years, 
but all of them joined at some point or another to get citizenship and a job and experience and some money that they could send back home. But for him, it was an added layer where he was a gay man and a society that didn't really recognize that gay people could exist. And there was maybe one other gay person that he knew in his entire fucking island. There might have been more, but he only ever met one. If he didn't want to be ostracized his entire life, he had to leave. He actually got into some incredible schools, too. I think he got into um, Stanford, but he got no money. His family couldn't afford it. They couldn't even afford to take out the loans. So he joined the military instead. Brilliant kid. I worked with him for a long time. And when we got stationed together in Vegas, which was the first like real city I was stationed in, uh, he was so fucking happy to discover that there was an actual, there was a, a gay community that existed in a city. Like to him, it was just this incredible, magical thing to discover, like people who accepted him and who knew what he was going through. Again, where the fuck was he going to go without the military? It was literally his only option. And he joined um, before Don't Ask, Don't Tell got repealed. We all knew, everybody who worked with him knew it was an open secret, but it got repealed like halfway through, which was wonderful for him and everybody else who was in because they didn't have to constantly pretend to be something they weren't. But the military, even before Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed, has been a refuge for a lot of LGBT community members for a while because it's a way to escape from your garbage oppressive town. And weirdly, there's a decent sized LGBT community, LGBTQ community in uh, the military. So you can find like-minded peers. But anyway, so there's a few different contextual stories of the kind of people who join and the reasons why they join. If you don't want those people in the military, you can do a lot of things with policy to make sure none of them would ever be interested in joining. The system as currently exists oppresses essentially anyone who's not rich, uh, particularly if you don't live in a major city and you don't know what options are available to you, or quite frankly, you're aware that there are no options available to you. The military is your only real option. So what I'm trying to relay here is that when you're dismissing veterans or refusing to interact with them, these are the kids that you're throwing out, right? Kids who already got fucked to begin with, who were desperate and had to join the military. And because they chose the only real option available to them, your response is fuck you. So <clears throat> if I sound like I'm getting a little emotional, it's because it's upsetting to me because it was upsetting meeting all these kids who would come from just horrific situations. And then to hear that, they don't get to get accepted by the very people who claim to be fucking promoting class solidarity, who claim to be pushing for regular people, who claim to be on the side of the proles and the oppressed. But then you're just going to throw these people out because they had to make a terrible decision because our society's fucking garbage. I just, to me, it feels like there needs to be some understanding. Well, one, there needs to be some fucking empathy because it's the whole goddamn point of socialism and the left. But there needs to be an understanding that the way the system is currently constituted, most people are doing things for survival. They have terrible options. They're going to do things you don't entirely agree with. But that doesn't mean when there's an opportunity for growth, you don't help move them in the right direction, or in this case, the left direction. Anyway, the, those are my arguments for why you should be treating them like you would another parole. They are all future comrades, and you should be actively engaging with them. You should be going out of your way to make the case for the left. You should be going out of your way to move them left and hopefully radicalize them. Any veterans who are listening, um, I know it's super discouraging uh, and frustrating. 
have these people be condescending pricks about this stuff. But no, that's not everybody. Uh, it's not even, I would hope it's not even the majority of the left. My DMs are open. If you want to talk, you can email me, brett at dominawful.com. And we will in the future be having more veterans, more leftists and left-leaning veterans on the show. This will not be the end of me talking about this. All right, thanks, y'all.